0: Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe you can achieve. Welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball, a podcast where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire Today, I am joined by singer, songwriter, Tom Tika. Tom has been playing music since the age of six. He's been in several bands, had several hit songs, and won several awards. So we're going to be talking to him about his career, how he got started, and what he's got coming up and currently working on. Tom, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Hey, the pleasure's mine, man. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself?
1: You know, it's like, like you already said, it's, it's, it's been a long run. Wouldn't even know where to start, but you're right. I sort of fell in love with music or I remember falling in love with music when I was six. And my parents were, were music lovers. And without, without lying, there was always something on. They were always listening to records. And one of their favorites was Paul Anka. Even though, I mean, that's sort of slightly old music, even for my parents, but they, they really, truly liked his stuff. And I remember my dad, my mom and dad, they had, had a bunch of his LPs, but they also, LPs, you know, albums. They also had a cassette. You know, you remember those days when people listened to cassettes, music cassettes, tapes in the car?
0: Absolutely. I remember. Mm. And the records
1: right yeah and so but you know they had they had paul anka's 21 golden hits or was it golden greats or whatever the name was the album anyway a bunch of singles wrapped up together as they used to do in the 50s and and this was a store-bought cassette i was very uh, because my mom and dad usually they taped music and 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 took took that in in the car so we had this uh blank tapes you know went to the store you got a blank tape you went home and stuck the tape in the in the tape recorder and and put a put an album on and you could record music like that and and take take that to to your car and that's what my mom and dad usually did but then this was a store-bought thing it was very official it had it had the uh, um the case and everything and the artwork and stuff and i was very much fascinated by it and i remember my dad buying it and leaving it in the car and it was on all the time. And this one day my dad always took me with him when he uh when when he went to wash the car or fix the car or and uh, whatever, you know, we went to get gas that day and and I remember him because in those days you couldn't pay at the pump but you filled up your car and you went inside to pay and and I didn't go with my dad. He went inside the uh, gas station to pay for the gas and I stayed in the car and 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 he uh, Put the cassette on for me, and I remember this. Uh, this song called "Lonely Boy" came on, and was completely mesmerized by it. You know, it has a- a- Anka's double track lead vocals, and it's a very strong sound. And 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 he double tracks himself perfectly. It's it's really really well done. I remember being very impressed, even at the age of six. I remember being very impressed by the Latin rhythm and 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 the just incredible. Melody of the song when it goes into the chorus and and really from then there it started. i Went home. We went went back home. I remember I asked my dad to give me the tape. So I you know took it up to my room. I had a my parents old Grundig tape player, and I played the heck out of that tape. My th- I don't think my dad ever got it back, but I don't think he minded at all. But that was the start. You know, I, I fell in love with that tape and and decided right there and then that i wanted to become a songwriter and pretty soon afterwards i started learning the basics of guitar and you know writing songs i was very determined i think at that point nobody could have stopped me my mom and dad sort of did because i was playing so many hours a day that <laughs> they were they never had really any peace and quiet but you know man they managed to live through it i must have been awful at first some of the stuff i wrote was pretty you know Bad. I, I remember the first song I ever wrote because I was six. It was called "The Coca Cola Song," and I still remember it. It's, it's a hideous song. I'm you know? plagued by the memory of that. But that's 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 how I got my start.
0: Well, what kind of music would you say that you consider yourself doing? What what kind of
1: singer are you? That's a really difficult question, by the way, because uh, a lot of the influences, my influences basically those are the music that my parents used to listen to and that's like the late 60s and 70s stuff and back then back then if if you look at what was going on in music back then and you look at the charts they were a lot more eclectic than they are now and so pop rock would would basically that would be a rather wide concept really seriously it would be on the one hand you'd have Herman and Hermits doing Mrs. Brown, You've Got a Lovely Daughter, which is really sappy. You know, it's just straightforward 60s pop. And it's a song you could basically pour on your pancakes if, <laughs> if that'd be possible. And then on the other hand, you'd have a lot of the, you know, adventurous Beatles music in the late 60s. And then everything in between. But nowadays, when it came time when the impersonators signed my, my band before I started recording solo albums for MTS records, when the impersonators got signed in 2017 and the label wanted to know what kind of music we're doing, what's your genre, what should we call this? We had tremendous difficulties we back, back in the day, it would have been called pop rock, but nowadays it doesn't really exist as such. There's, there's pop, which is synthesized and, auto-tuned and then there's rock, which is a lot heavier than what I'm doing. And very seldom these two genres mix. And for some reason or another, when I started investigating this, which, which is kind of silly, but I did because because it's very very important that for example, when you submit your songs to competitions, that you, you submit them under the right genre. Because if, if if you don't, then you got a bunch of pop lovers deciding your fate, and then if you put a song like, for example, that starts my new album called Bullet in the Head, you put it there, it's going to be basically disqualified. And so I took a little bit of time to get to the bottom of the genres a few years ago, and what I found that where there used to be about 20 genres, there are now about 200. And there's, uh, you know, just even under punk, there are multiple different punk sub genres they're called i just thought it's crazy i think punk is punk rock is rock pop is pop and i don't really feel like that you need to label your music down to i mean label it that accurately uh, but for some odd reason these days you do and so i would i would it's a very long answer by the way but if i had to label label it that's the backdrop If i had to label the stuff that i'm doing i'd probably call it retro-flavored, pop rock with a modern twist.
0: Yeah. You talked about the Impersonators, one of the bands that you were in. Tell us about some of the other bands you were in and what you guys did and why you disbanded.
1: Well, Carmen Gray was basically the first, I was always in bands. I suppose, you know, I got my first recording contract when I was 16 and then, then first real one, I, I suppose that actually materialized where I ended up in the studio making a record when I was 21. And so, but those were all for small labels and, and they really didn't, you know, it just, nothing really came out of those. But Carmen gray was my brother's band first. And then it became our band when he asked me to start writing songs with him for the group. And that was a that was an incredible trip. We we got signed by Sony BMG at first and we recorded two albums for Sony and then then got dropped. <laughs> and then got signed by Warner Brothers after we paid for the next single ourselves or rather the Carmen Grace manager paid. He took a huge risk and released it and it became one of the biggest hits of all time in scandinavia and so all of a sudden we we were back you know being loved and <laughs> people were shoving record deals down our throats you know it was kind of we could choose anything and so we we chose warner and uh, and then made another album gates of loneliness which is probably what it's one of my one of the one of my favorite albums of of you know my music uh, i think it was it was brilliant i think we got exactly what we wanted in the studio, and I love that record still. It, I don't think it has a weak song on it. But you know, everybody had been playing together more than a decade at that point, and and so when it came time to go back to the studio to record a fourth album, it just kind of we just weren't able to do it. We we got an EP out of it, which I which I like a lot, and, and it, that EP had a lot of hits. Three hits, actually. He's got five songs, and three of them became radio hits. And we were always supposed to go and finish another EP. But and we even recorded all it. that stuff. Is recorded, by the way. It's somewhere. Somebody has it. I don't know where it is. But there's five songs fully recorded. They're just they're not mixed or mastered because nobody could be bothered. People were losing interest, and it was it was basically the end. And this is this was a, this was a difficult phase for me. Not only was Carmen Gray breaking up, but my first marriage was uh, on the rocks and we got divorced with my ex-wife around uh, about that time. And so <laughs> you can just imagine, you know, within six months I had lost the band, my wife, and for a brief while my kids and, and, you know, I didn't really have a direction or, Didn't know what to do next, so I went back to the university, and that's where I met Auntie Audio, who is the other half of the impersonators. And and we kind of got together, and uh, he was a music lover, I was a music lover. I remember we took this, uh, we we were on this course, uh, uh, because I was, okay, so maybe, you know, go back a little bit. I was late registering because i i wasn't sure if i wanted to go back back to school but that seemed to be the only option for me at that point so i was late registering and and the only only classes that i could take were not exactly the classes i wanted to take and so there was this class auntie had the same problem he was late registering and so we ended up in this class called feminist poetry or that was the class and uh, we were the only guys there and we became study buddies and and figured out that you know we're both music lovers and i mean neither one of us weren't really interested in doing the work for the course we managed through it somehow but we were talking about music and he would be introducing me to groups like the zombies i mean i knew knew of the zombies but he had he had a box set by them i hadn't really explored the band to the extent that i should have and I introduced him to the river detectives which is a slightly obscure british band and, and and really became fast friends and and then you know just maybe and this is like i want to say this was in 2012 i meant 2013 at some point out of the blue auntie sends me a poem titled ghost town radio and i just you know it came as a text message and clicked it open and there's this poem and i read it and i thought it was really 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 cool very very impressive rock poetry and i just sent him a message back it's like is this yours and he's like yeah it's mine i said this is great you know and i wrote a, wrote a melody to that those lyrics and that became the first song we ever wrote and really that was the start of the impersonators and and that's how the impersonators got started
0: where you've won several awards and had several hit songs. Kind of tell us about those awards and the songs and how it felt to get those accolades.
1: Well, it always feels wonderful, especially the ISSA award that I won a couple of, I want to say a couple of weeks ago, but this was in August. So a couple of months ago, emerging international male artist of the year. Whenever you win, win something. It's a wonderful feeling because, you know, you've touched somebody with your music and and people appreciate what you're doing. It's the same thing with hit songs. I think that, you know, I'm going to probably come across big-headed by saying that I never get tired of those. But let me explain the reason. The only thing that I've, I've been... I mean, I've gotten very lucky in music, really, truly lucky. And, you know... I, I've gotten discovered by the right people exactly at the right time and people who've taken genuine interest in my music and have helped me along. But the only reason why I ever really wanted to become a songwriter and this has always been the case, was that I've always just wanted to touch people with my art, my music, I, you know, whether i don't think that i ever specified it in my head you know whether the audience is small or big i just i just always wanted to have an audience a bunch of people who enjoy what i'm doing you know they're nodding their heads to my stuff and and really you know that's why i keep doing it that's why i'm still involved even after all these years i if i can bring happiness or you know moment of relaxation or you know, just give somebody an opportunity to take a break from reality for a little bit, you know, close their eyes, listen to my music. Then if, if I can make that happen, or if somebody can make that happen, or rather if it happens, then I'm on cloud nine. And so from that perspective, winning awards and getting hit songs, it it feels wonderful because then it means that what you're doing not only transcends, but, it touches folks.
0: Let's talk about your current and upcoming projects that you're working on that people need to know about.
1: Well, right now, oh man, I'm working on so many things right now. Simultaneously, I was just telling, telling my wife this morning that <laughs> I'm actually a bit stressed out. But there's, there's, I'm working on two albums. One is the Impersonators album. And I'm working on that with Anti Oreo. And then there's and our producer Yannis Aksa. And then there's my solo record, which is the Tomtik and the Missing Hopcaps next album, which is which is basically also um coming along now. And, and I'm working on that with Yannis with Aksa. And and then both these projects have. My label had Michael Stover as the executive producer, and so, so basically, the impersonator's record is more or less done. It's it's I've recorded everything for it. So now I'm in the process of sending Jan Nero files. He's gonna finish the mixes, and and maybe we'll play a little bit of guitar here and there, or or add something. But but at this point, it's just you know that record is ready to be polished up. It'll be titled Rainbows and Dead Flowers. And my solo album, which is going to be released later on next year, I'm working on the singles right now. And, and the first one's completely finished. It's going to come out 1st of December. It'll be called By 2022. It's sort of a New Year's track, really. And I, I quite like the lyrics that, you know, if you look at them quickly, you think it's a love song or, you know, broken-hearted love song. But if you look at them, look at it closely, if you really, truly look at the lyrics closely, you realize that I'm singing it to, to the year 2022. And so, so I'm quite excited about that. We finished the music video for that today, actually. And, and I haven't checked, but, but, the, but the cover for that single is done as well. Everything's sort of almost ready for that and and then there's a couple of other things thinking early February and April then the third one and then I'm hoping that the album's going to come out in late summer and but that's still sort of that's a work in progress. The impersonators album uh, depending on when that comes out they're both going to come out next year but depending on when we release the impersonator's album the Hopcaps album is going to come out either in August or September, perhaps even October. We'll see. But those are the two projects that are up upcoming, and there will be singles starting December first this year. Three three Hopcaps singles by by September, and two impersonators sing.
0: So I guess I should have asked you this in the beginning, but where are you where are you originally from?
1: I was born in Finland, but we moved to the States when I was four and, and then my life is, well, I I mean, I've, I've seen, I've seen, I want to say I've seen 70% of the planet, but in reality, probably 65, you know, I, my life was between Finland and the U S when I was a kid. We I lived in Ohio and later on in California. And, but we always, you know, came to Finland for Christmases and summer vacations. and, and then I'm you know I moved here about 15 years ago permanently and you know I've been back a couple of times I've been back to the states a couple of times and I'm now because of corona I, you know I haven't had a chance but I'm sure looking forward to you know coming over there once again to check out the well it's funny to say the old country because this actually is the old country where I'm now but you know where I grew up.
0: Well, I usually do this to musicians when I have them on. Why don't you go ahead and give us a little acapella or one of your favorite songs or a hit song or something so the listeners can kind of hear what it sounds like. Oh, just sing, sing it. Absolutely.
1: Well, how about Rodeo? It's true, like a fool. I put my trust and faith in you. You were my first rodeo. There. That's impersonator's song that actually begins a cappella with that. So I have no idea what it sounded like, man. But you know, oh no,
0: it's it's good. It's good. Well, why don't you give us some final thoughts to go ahead and close it out? Give us, sure. uh All right. Actually, before you do that, give us your contact information. How can people connect with you? Get your music, any websites, any social media links, so the listeners can connect with you.
1: I think that the best place to go to is www.tomtika.com. You know, if whatever's happening, you'll find there. And it's got, it's a great source of, all the lyrics are there. Both impersonators and my solo album, digital booklets are there. and, And the music videos, everything. You know, I think, TomTicker.com is 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 really the place to go. It's got, you know, under one of the tabs there's a separate page for the impersonators. I think that's really where, where, folks can find stuff the easiest. And in terms of in terms of the social media, I don't really have social media accounts for my solo projects for solo project yet. I use the impersonators and I probably should label the pages the impersonation impersonator slash Tom Tick on the missing hobcaps. but I haven't gotten around to it I will at some point I don't I don't want two different accounts because it's updating even the existing ones in, in Twitter and Facebook and Instagram every once in a while I think it's a it's a lot of work and I like social media don't get me wrong but I'm not I'm not like a social media shark, if you know what I mean. It's just, that's not my, uh, that's not my scene in in necessarily, but obviously it's a great resource and it's where people find you. And so, so if you, if you look for the impersonators, Twitter pages, Facebook pages and, and Instagram pages, then, you know, you'll find my, the stuff that I post on those accounts. But there are links, links on, you know, if you go to TomTicker.com and there are those small icons, you tap the Facebook icon, it'll take you to Facebook, the right Facebook account and so forth. So going back to what I said about TomTicker.com, everything's there. It's, it's the best resource. And obviously, both the impersonators and, and TomTicker and the Missing Humpcaps can be found on all streams. So it's out there.
0: Sounds good. Why don't you give us some final thoughts? close it out
1: well you know i think that some final thoughts the stuff that i've been you know i lost my sadly i lost my dad a couple of years ago and i've come to the conclusion that you know final thoughts to anybody listening i suppose don't waste time it's it all goes by so much faster than than you'd ever think it's it's crazy when i think about when i was younger the situations that, you know, I found mine in life and find my, found myself in, in life and, you know, just decided to live through stuff that wasn't making me happy. You know, if there's just any, you know, as a final thought and just, if, just to everybody, if you're not happy, change your life. Because, you know, in the end, really, as Thomas Jefferson points out, it's one of my favorite quotes. It's, really not the years in your life that counted. So that's my final thought.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, tomtika.com. Please be sure to follow, rate, review, share this episode to as many people as possible after listening, and Android listeners, go to the Google Play Store and download the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast app. Tom Tika, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure.